Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again bringing you the Word of God. Always an honor, always a privilege to be able to do that. Praise God. So glad that you're listening in. Once again, we're going to jump into the book of Matthew, chapter 13, please. Last week we started a series talking about uh, you know, hidden treasures being revealed and uh, things like that. And so we're going to talk some more about that. But let's, let's look at our opening text, uh, chapter 13 of Matthew. And we're going to go to verse 44. And it just says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it goes and, uh, or he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he had, for, had found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Praise God. Now, of course, we're talking about hidden treasure in this series. This uh, uh, is talking about, you know, hidden treasures of the kingdom, okay? So in both these little uh, parables here, it's dealing with uh, the kingdom of heaven, talking about the kingdom principles, things that are valuable, these hidden things, uh, these treasures, amen, that, that are there for us to have, praise God. The word hidden in this text uh, is defined as that which is concealed or that which is covered, okay? So that kind of comes in because we're talking about stuff being revealed. And revealed, of course, means that the cover pulled back, but whereas the word hidden here is talking about something that's been covered or concealed, all right? Uh, it also means that which is kept secret or another word, reserved. I like that word, reserved, uh, yet to be declared is another word. So again, it means concealed by covering, uh, kept secret, reserved or yet to be declared. Now remember, we brought out quite a bit last week, several times mentioned it, probably do it again this week, uh, but everything we're talking about, that which is being hidden, hidden, is talking about that which has been reserved in a sense for you. So it's not hidden from you, it's hidden for you. Everything that we're talking about are things that are hidden for you as a believer, praise God, amen. And uh, so it goes on to say here, uh, treasure hidden in a field by uh, which a man found and hid, okay? And for joy ever it goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. He found that. Now, this word found, I thought it was worthy of bringing out. Uh, it means to find or to get or to obtain, but it's referring to literally like energies being released, like, if, like somebody digging for it, okay? So we're talking about this hidden treasure. We're talking about extending some energies, okay, once in a while, having to dig uh, for this treasure, all right? It also means, this word found also means to perceive or see, and it's talking about time spent seeking. So we're talking about energies being extended in order to find. We're talking about uh, time being spent in order to seek, okay? So we're talking about a man just found something. Wasn't he walking along and just stumbled along something? I mean, he, he found something, okay? Then it goes on to say, and for joy over it, he goes and he sells all that he has, and he buys that field. Now, this word uh, to buy and to sell is talking about one being busy about something, to trade or to barter. Uh, the to, word buy means to go to market, to purchase or redeem. So the bottom line we're talking about here, we're talking about buying and selling, he's talking about investment, investing in this. Okay, so everything we're talking about through this series, no matter, I'm not sure how long it's going to go, but everything we're talking about, we're talking about if we're going to find those hidden treasures, treasures, these mysteries, these insights, these principles, these things that God has hidden for us, it, it takes some time, some time, some energy, some efforts. It might take resources, amen, to do this. It takes a little bit of, of you putting out 
uh, you know, a little bit of energies or time toward things. Or as we even talked about last week, you know, sometimes even, uh, you know, I remember early on, man, I mean, I was buying materials and things, everything I could to try to go a little bit uh, deeper into the things of God. I was, you know, concordance and lexicons and, and study helps and, and, you know, teaching tapes and I'm kind of dating myself there. But anyway, all kinds of materials and things that were available for you to grab hold of some of these truths that were hidden, not from you, but for you, praise God. Hallelujah. And so uh, we're just, uh, you know, taking, uh, you know, last week talked about a couple things. This week we'll talk about a couple things. Uh, so last week, let me just review again. Uh, last week out of Luke 10 was a reference we went to. And we talked about the authority, that delegated authority, that exousia, that... that um, uh, delegated authority or authorized or jurisdiction, that kind of authority that we have in Christ. In fact, we found in His name these, this authority that's for you and me as a believer. We found that that authority is there. It's in a sense hidden. It was referred to in that text as something that was hidden for them. And the way that they found it, the way that those disciples got hold of it was it said they had an ear to hear and a heart, or probably an ear to hear and an eye to see it. All right. So uh, we talked quite a bit about that. Um, not everybody has an eye to see, not everybody has an ear to hear, okay? In fact, we used a couple examples of uh, the Pharisees and scribes when they were coming up to Jesus and said, hey, show us a sign, all right? Well, he just got done doing several signs. I mean, feeding the masses and uh, delivering somebody from a, a foul devil, or uh, we even had a case in there where just uh, he healed multiple people and then fed the masses, and, and then they turned around and said, show us a sign. I mean, obviously, they didn't have an eye to see it. They didn't have an ear to hear it, all right? So we're talking about, too, about finding these hidden things. One of those things that, that is uh, necessary for you and me is to have an eye to see and an ear to hear. Amen. The Word says to pray that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. The Word talks about it clearly through multiple different references that uh, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. I mean, in other words, so, so, you know, not everybody has an eye to see it or an ear to hear it. Amen. Now, you can, and you have to purpose to do that, <clears throat> but you can have that, praise God. And I guarantee if you got an eye to see, an ear to hear, you're more apt to grab hold of some of these hidden truths for us. Praise God, these hidden treasures in the kingdom. We also last week came out of 1 Corinthians 2 and uh, talking about the, uh, the hidden uh, mysteries of the wisdom of God. We talked about the wisdom from above, that wisdom from God, that hidden uh, treasure, that hidden things of the Spirit. Amen. Those deep things of the Spirit, the word was talking about these mysteries of the hidden wisdom. And of course, wisdom is the ability to live life skillfully, right? Uh, the ability to uh, apply knowledge, information, data that comes to you on a day-to-day -day basis, how to apply that in order to benefit from it from day-to-day. -day. Amen. It talks about uh, discernment, and judgment, tact, and timing. These are all things that we talked about last week in the area of the wisdom of God. Now, we found out in this text, now it's not the only way, but we did find out in this text in 1 Corinthians, that the way to tap that wisdom, that hidden wisdom uh, from God, was to spend time in the Spirit, because through the Spirit of God, you can draw on that which comes from the Spirit. In other words, the wisdom from above. Amen. And so we talked about spending time in the Spirit. We talked about praying in the Spirit. Amen. Uh, in fact, chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians goes on, talks about that when you're speaking 
in the Spirit. You're speaking in other tongues, another way to talk, uh, say it, the tongue of angels, uh, uh, praying in the Spirit, uh, speaking in other tongues, amen, all just different ways of saying the same thing. But the bottom line was it says that when you did that, you're speaking those mysteries. You're releasing those mysteries, amen. And so it's through His Spirit uh, was a key way of grabbing hold of those mysteries, grabbing hold of those hidden things, those treasures. In this case, it was talking about the wisdom uh, from above, praise God. Amen. And so we spent some time on that. Today, though, we're going to jump in and talk about a couple more of these mysteries. Uh, I'm maybe just going to call it key mysteries uh, being revealed, okay? And uh, just a couple key uh, mysteries that the Word talks about. All right, we're going to go to the book of Ephesians, okay, chapter 3, please. The book of Ephesians, chapter 3. And again, let me define what the, the word mystery uh, is, okay? So the word mystery means uh, the secrets of or hidden things. It talks about the deep or spiritual things. It is also defined as hidden, a hidden purpose or hidden counsel, okay, just different ways that this word hidden uh, or these mis- this word mystery, I mean, uh, means, all right? So... Let's go to Ephesians 3, all right? Let me get to it here. Ephesians chapter 3, please. And uh, we're going to go to, actually, I think I'm just going to go right to the verse uh, 1. I'll just start right there, and we'll just kind of read down through this. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1 says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, uh, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation or the stewardship of the grace of God. Now, we're going to talk about today the grace of God, or at least, at least part of this, all right? The grace of God. Everybody say, of God. Okay, that's key. The grace of God, all right? Which was given to me for you, how that by, uh, that by revelation, or the revealing of, and the, the, the uncovering again, there's that word revealing, that uncovering, that by revelation He, talking about the Father, He made known to me the mystery as I have briefly uh, written already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it, uh, pardon me, as it has now been revealed, there's that word again, by the Spirit to His holy apostles and prophets that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of His promise in Christ through the gospel, of which I became a minister according, here we go, to the gift of the grace of God, there it is again, given to me by the effective working of His power. In other words, God's power. In fact, a lot of times grace is referred to His power, His strength, His hand, all right? To me who am, verse 8 now, to, to me who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Verse 9, and to make all see what is the fellowship. I love this, to make all see, in other words, so they can get a hold of this, make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery. This mystery he's talking about. The fe- word fellowship here uh, is the word partnership or participation. It refers to a sense of intimacy. Uh, it even uses the word intercourse. So it's to talk about intimate relations here. It talks about communion uh, or to communicate, okay, is this word, okay? So keep that in mind because that's going to come up here. 
So uh, what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been, here we go, hidden, there's that word again, hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. Praise God. Notice it's hidden in God. Okay, that's very key with what we uh, get to sharing about this, about the word grace and what it means, the grace of God. The word grace in itself, uh, charis, is the Greek word, which means a gift, um, a benefit, favor. A lot, of times, uh, a lot of times people minister on that, talking about the favor of God and how that's part of the grace uh, package, I could say. But uh, uh, a Strong's Concordance just brings it real plain and says this, that grace is divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. So in other words, Grace is a divine, a God influence, okay, an impact or uh, to impart something. So when we're talking about influence, that's what we're dealing with. So God influencing our heart, which just means the core or the center, okay, it just means your true being, your, your inward being, okay. So God influencing your core, all right, and then it's reflection in your life. So in other words, if God is influencing you, then it's released or reflected in you, and it's seen by all, all right? Now, it's all necessary because not only does the definition kind of bring this out, but in this text, it talks about there in verse 9 how it's this grace is hidden, okay? It's been concealed, right? It's hidden. It's covered, okay? It's, um, what was a part of that word earlier? He said, uh, the word reserved, I like that again, reserved or kept secret. It's hidden in God, okay, hidden in God. And we go back up further in this text, and I believe it's like verse 3, I believe it is. It says that by revelation, he, talking about the Father, talking about God, he made known to me the mystery, okay? So this mystery of the grace of God is hidden in God. And it's God who reveals it, okay? So it's so necessary to grab hold of that, okay? Now, if we will um, go to a common text, okay, in the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 4, please. Let's, let's go ahead and turn there. Hebrews chapter 4. And a common text, but I think it's worthy of bringing out. Now, I'm only going to you know, spend so much time on this today. I can't necessarily dive into the whole thing, because i got a, another thing I want to bring out, too, before the day's up. But I have recently uh, you know, done uh, full services on just grace, and what it means. So there's a lot of it, a lot more I, I would go in and more in depth in some of those other teachings. And so I, I recommend maybe go back. I think it's like a couple months back I did a message just specifically on the grace of God. And uh, it will... Uh, uh, give you a little bit more insight, but I just kind of wanted to kind of focus on the fact that this is a hidden mystery, okay, something that's hidden in God for you to have, amen, and it's God who reveals it, okay? So which means that we got to go to God to get it, and it's necessary to understand that, okay? Um, even, like I said, in the definition of the word grace or charis, Okay, it is divine influence upon one's heart or core and then reflected in their life. So if you want, um, you know, if you want the grace of God, we have to hook up with the God of grace. Okay, and that's what we're trying to bring up. In fact, this 
uh, verse here in Hebrews 4 and verse 16 is uh, pretty clear on that. It says, let us, talking about you and me, therefore come boldly or with confidence, with assurance, come boldly to the throne of grace. Isn't it amazing he calls it the throne of grace? Now, he could call it anything. He could have just called it the throne of God, the throne of, of heaven, you know, uh, his throne. We could have all kinds of things. And probably other places it may be worded that way. But it specifically refers to it as the throne of grace. I thought that was uh, pretty interesting. So come boldly to the throne of grace that we may, here we go, obtain mercy, grab hold of mercy, all right, and then find grace to help in time of need. Now, in, in some previous teachings, I, I kind of took the time to find the difference between uh, mercy and grace. There is two different things, okay? And a lot of times, though, it gets lumped together as one. In fact, most of the time when you hear people talk about it, they lump mercy and grace as their one thing almost, and they're not, okay? So what happens then is then we begin to look at grace like as if it's mercy, all right? And that's an that's, 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 uh, incorrect way of looking at it, all right? So what happens then is you get a little bit off on what grace is, okay? Grace is an empowerment. Grace is the influence from heaven. Grace is uh, the hand of God at work. It's the, the strength of God at work. And I'll, I'll bring a little bit more of that out probably before I'm done here. But the bottom line is you got to go to the throne of grace if you're, if you're going to obtain that mercy and you're going to find, here we go, find that grace. Now that word find, okay, uh, I'm not going to even attempt to tell you the, the Greek word here, but it just means to get or to seize it. It means literally to see and locate and to perceive or discover and learn. So when we're talking about finding grace, you're going there to find, to discover something, to perceive it, grab hold of something, to seize something that's there. Well, if it's the throne of grace, amen, then you're going to seize the grace that will help you in time of need, whatever it may be, amen, from the God of grace. All right? And again, I can't stress it enough. If we want the grace of God we need to draw on that divine influence from the what the the throne of the God of grace. All right. So uh, you know, I just I, I can't stress that enough. And the reason I bring that out is because if you kind of look across, you know, just the maybe the 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 timetable of the body of Christ, and maybe just in your own life, take a look at some things and with an honest look at some things. You know, over the years, I don't know what it's been now, 30-some years that I've been involved in ministry, um, just really right now at 30 years of just being a senior pastor. And I've seen a lot of things uh, come, a lot of things go. I've seen a lot of people who had callings, giftings, uh, biddings from God, leadings from God, and uh, they have callings that, uh, that never uh, come into fruition, uh, giftings that, uh, you know, get cut short. Uh, we see biddings and promptings that never come into full manifestation. Uh, and yet these people who know they've been called of God or gifted by God or led by God, and yet we don't ever really see a lot of times it coming in uh, to full manifestation. Now, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm, I'm surely not doing that. And they might have 100% heard from God when it came time to their gift or their calling or that leading, whatever it may be. Uh, the problem that we have, and I kind of throw a number out there, not that we have anything really to base that on, 
but I just, I, I kind of do it because of an emphasis. But I believe about 90% of the giftings and callings and biddings and leadings of God that never come into fruition or never get completed, um, really the reason for that is what we're talking about today. They lack the grace to do it. They lack the grace of God to fulfill it. Okay? Now, um, again, I can't, you know, I can't, uh, you know, I give you a number and I say 90%. The reason I say that is because I'm saying that the majority, I believe, come from this. There's other reasons, I'm sure, maybe due to uh, people's walk. Maybe they, uh, you know, fell short in something, did something, and, and it kind of messed up a few things. But I get all that. But I have found that the majority of the time, people just don't get empowered. They just don't go and spend time at the throne of grace. So the thing that I'm trying to bring out today is here is the mystery, the hidden mystery of the grace of God that's hidden in God, and it's God who reveals it. And what we're saying is that the only way to grab that is time spent in communion, in fellowship, amen, in a a sense of intimacy with God. Again. Grace is a free gift. We're not taken away from that. But we are saying that if you want the grace, that free gift of grace, you're going to have to you know, extend yourself and go take a little time, a little energy, whatever, and spend some time in the presence of God at the throne of grace to obtain it, to find it. Praise God. Amen. Now you'll find you'll be empowered to fulfill what you've got to fulfill. You know, it's hard to get the leading from God and then turn around and do everything in your own strength and power. And I'm, I'm just going to tell you, you're not going to fulfill what you're called to fulfill. And I know I'm spending a little bit of time on this. And like I said, in previous teaching, I probably spent a whole lot more time on it. Um, but I, I just like to say this, you know, uh, if I was offering you a free gift, and let's say it was something of some, you know, great value. And I said, I want you to have this. And it's yours uh, for the take, and I just want to give it to you free. Um, but I just need you to know it's at the house, and I need you to come by the house and pick it up. Um, you know, that didn't make it any less free. It just meant that you have to maybe take a, a few moments of your time. You have to get in your vehicle. you got to drive to uh, where I live and, and then, uh, you, know, uh, you know, load that up, whatever it is, and then and take it back home with you, whatever. And the point is, it, it, it's still a free gift. It's just you had to come over to the house and pick it up. And that's kind of how I like to, like to say it because I feel that's exactly what grace is uh, as far as God is concerned. It's like it's a free gift from God. It is a hidden mystery that's there to be uh, you know, revealed for you, amen, not hidden from you again, but for you, but you got to just come over to the house and pick it up. That's what God's asking. And, you know, if you think about grace, okay, that divine influence, that empowerment, that strength, that, that hand of God at work, you know, when you stop and you think about it, all God's saying is, listen, you know, by you coming over to the house, what you're saying to me is that you believe that I'm your source. You're believing that you need me to help you with whatever it is you're doing. All right? And and it's just another way of looking at it. You know, one of the examples that we see in Scripture, and again, I'm I'm not going to take the time to go through all of it, but um, we see it out of uh, Zechariah chapter 4. And a common text a lot of times we hear is that, you know, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And I believe that's verse 6. Uh, of uh, Zechariah 4, and it's a common text. A lot of us have that, 
you know, on plaques or have it sitting on our desk, or it's one of those key verses we know and we, you know, we enjoy. And, uh, but what the word uh, was, a, it was a word from the prophet Zechariah to Zerubbabel, who was the governor of Judah at the time. And Zerubbabel had a mission, a leading from God, a calling, we could say, actually, to build the temple of God, to build the house of God okay, was a calling from God for him to do. Well, you know, as, you know, time went on, he's there doing, he's extended himself, he's doing, and little by little, due to maybe different things, um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, lack of workforce, or maybe a lack of resources, or just time, or whatever it took, little by little, uh, it began to weigh on him, and little by little, he got a little bit overwhelmed, uh, with the task at hand. And so what happened was that task then never really got fulfilled. So it it kind of sat there unfinished. Well, the word of the Lord from the prophet then comes to him and says, uh, Zerubbabel, it's not by your might. It's not by your power. It's not by your hand. It's not you extending your abilities and energies to get this done. It's by the Spirit of God. It's by God breathing into you. And if God isn't there to breathe into you, you're not going to fulfill this. And he goes on with in, in, in that same text, he says, with shouts of grace, grace. He said that mountain, see, that thing that, that towered over him, that obstacle, that, that task at hand that seems so large, he said that mountain shall become a plain. Literally, it'll bring that thing down on a, on a, on a plain, on a, like a flat a surface. It just brings it down so it doesn't look so huge and so big anymore. And he said, it's not by your strength. And so to me... That is a perfect example of what happens to many believers, okay, is they never take the time to be empowered. They don't take the time to, with that intimate, that communion with God, where God can breathe into them, amen, divinely influence them so they can turn now and reflect that in their life. So even though they have a calling or a gifting or some kind of bidding or prompting of God, some leading of God, if, you know, if they don't go to God and continually be empowered to fulfill it, then pretty soon, just like Zerubbabel, it, it, it sits there unfinished, unfulfilled. And, and, and then we have this question mark about, you know, did God really ask us to do that? Did God really call us to do that? Uh, is this really from God? You know, am I really called of God? The, all them question marks begin to spring up when all along it probably was from God. The problem we have as believers is we don't spend the time in His presence, spend the time at the throne of grace to find that grace to help in time of need. Are you hearing me, child of God? Amen. And just like Zerubbabel, all right, uh, we, we find ourselves not fulfilling some things all because we get overwhelmed. And when it really just comes down to it, in fact, if you spend time just going through like the book of Romans, for instance, and you look at all the references about the law and grace and the difference, the law was all about doing everything in your power, whereas grace was about doing it in his power. And we're not under the law anymore. We're under grace. Amen. It's about doing things in his power, leaning on him. Now, it didn't mean that you, you stopped doing all the things you're called to do, 
all the, the do's and the don'ts that the Word talks about. He just says, listen, let me help you with that. Let me empower you to do that. Amen. Now, it's, it's real easy to come up short of that. In fact, the book of Hebrews, if you go a little bit later on in the book, in chapter 12, it brings out, it says that lest anyone fall short. I'm just kind of bringing the, the, the reference here. Let anyone fall short of the grace of God. In other words, be lack or deficient of the grace of God. So if he says that let's not uh, come up short or fall short of the grace of God means that you could. Now, just hang on to that, okay? That was Hebrews 12 and 15. So uh, it says that you could come up short of the grace of God. The book of Acts in chapter 13, let me just give you a couple references here. Verse 43, it brings out that we're called to continue in the grace of God. To remain, abide, or stay, that word continue. To continue in the grace of God, which means that you may not continue. But you notice that's, that's a word to you and me. The book of Galatians has a couple references in this. It says in chapter 2, verse 21, do not set aside uh, the grace of God. That word set aside literally means to frustrate, to nullify, or to make void. Man, I tell you, when you start looking at this, you think, wow, I mean, you could, you could come up short or fall short of the grace. You, you can uh, maybe not continue in it or set aside or frustrate or nullify or make void the grace of God. Uh, Galatians 5 and verse 4 says that you have fallen from grace. It literally means to be driven off course of grace. Now, the reason I mention those is because it's obvious that you could come up short of the grace of God. Sometimes the deception that we have as believers when it comes time to the grace, I, I, I hope you hear this, okay, is just because we're saved and just because we know God that we're automatically walking in grace. And see, that's where the deception is, all right? Because in all honesty, we may not be. And that explains why sometimes the giftings, the callings, the leadings, the biddings and promptings of God never come into fruition or never come to a complete manifestation or completely fulfill, all right? So uh, you just have to see that. So the answer to all of this, we're talking about now hidden things, those hidden treasures in the kingdom, one of those hidden mysteries or hidden treasures is the grace of God. It's there for you. It's hidden for you. And as you go to God, God reveals that, opens that, uncovers that, and, and there it is, the grace, the empowerment, the strength that you need, that divine influence that you need, praise God, to fulfill the things He's leading you in. Praise God. It's there and available. And if you'll do that, you'll never come up short. You'll never fall short of it. You'll never be driven off course of it, praise God. You'll never nullify it or make it void, praise God. You'll, you'll, you'll always continue, praise God, along the way. And if you will do that, child of God, guess what? You'll get the job done. Whatever the calling, whatever the gifting in your life, you'll see it come to pass. Whatever the leadings that God gives you, the biddings and promptings, whatever it may be, you'll see those things uh, manifested and come, come to a complete, uh, you know, come into fruition, maybe a better way of saying that. Amen. And so I encourage you with this one. All right, this is a mystery being revealed. And how it's revealed is time spent at the throne of grace. Time spent with God. Amen. Another way. But now get that, okay, it's time spent. Amen. With God. All right. And sometimes that's the problem is we're so busy, we don't take the time. All right. And it may not take long. 
You know, one word from God will change your life forever. So just a little time with God might be all you need that cause you to, to it might make the difference between a success or a failure, all right? It just uh, that one word from God might cause that thing, it looks like it's, it's sinking and going nowhere, and all of a sudden now you're soaring like an eagle, praise God, and fulfilling and seeing it come, uh, come to pass, praise God. So I just, uh, again, another one of those hidden things one of those hidden mysteries, amen, being revealed and how it comes to pass or, or how it comes to a place of being revealed. Praise God. Time spent with God. Let's look at one more before I let you go today. We're going to go to the book of Colossians. The book of Colossians, please. And uh, chapter 1, please, is where I want to go. Praise the Lord. Colossians uh, chapter 1. And I'm going to go to verse uh, verse 24. All right, let's read through this. And uh, it says this, I now rejoice in my sufferings. Paul talking to the church at Colossae here. Uh, I rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is uh, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship uh, from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. The mystery, here we go again, a mystery. The mystery which has been hidden, here we go, hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is, in other words, this is the mystery, one of those hidden secrets of God, those hidden mysteries that are hidden for you, amen, not from you, but for you, here we go, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, the word Christ, of course, is, is not, you know, Jesus' last name or first name for that matter. I mean, it's, it's you know, a lot of times people kind of joke around about that, but it it's really refers to who he is. He's the anointed one. All right, so he's the Christ. The word also refers to his anointing, okay? Uh, so it refers to the anointed one and his anointing. And it's talking about uh, the anointed one and his anointing that's in you, okay? Now, the word anointing, uh, you know, uh, Isaiah uh, chapter 10, I believe it's like verse 27 in there, it, it refers to the anointing oil as that which removes burdens, and destroys yokes of bondage. So a lot of times we define it as that. You may hear us kind of refer to that once in a while. That's where we get it from. And the scripture also uh, lets us know in 1 John in chapter 2 and verse 15, uh, I believe it's verse uh, 27 again, I believe the same verse, verse 27. And it brings out, um, in fact, let me just verify that. I, I don't know if I wrote it down or not, but I believe it's 1 John 2, 27. And it says that that same anointing uh, is, is on the inside of you. Okay, so I'm just, I'm just trying to bring out now, when, this, when he's talking about a mystery, this hidden thing that's been hidden from ages and generations that now is being revealed is this thing of the anointed one and his anointing that resides in you. Now, you've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, and many times, you know, mentally we, we uh, sent to the fact that, you know, he's within us, and most, most Christians don't argue that. They, most Christians kind of get that. They may not totally understand it, 
They may not really have a revelation of it, but they, they think, you know, he's within. He's, a lot of times we say he's in my heart or whatever. But it's talking about the anointed one and his anointing that abides on the inside of you, that's in you, and it's the hope of glory. Okay, so it has purpose. It's not just you have him in you so that someday you get to go to heaven, which obviously you do, but it's about the hope of glory. And the word here, the hope of glory, is referring to an expectation of that glory. Well, what glory? Well, it's talking about that Christ-likeness now manifesting in your life. So that Christ within you, that anointed one, His anointing that abides on the inside of you, rests on the inside of you, amen, is, is coming through, amen, and now causing you to be Christ-like, amen, because you're becoming more and more aware of it or it's revealed. Remember, it's a hidden mystery that's now being revealed for you and me, okay? So it's something that's coming out now where you're seeing it and understanding it, and the more that you see it and understand it, the more it begins to manifest the hope or expectation of the glory of that. In other words, that Christ within, that Christ-likeness now is coming. It's a complete work now happening in my life. I'm being uh, growing up and maturing and coming, becoming complete in Him. Amen. Becoming Christ-like is what it's talking about. So Christ in you, the hope of glory. But now it starts talking here. If you go back to this here in chapter 1 of Colossians, in verse 28 now, it said, Him we preach. Hang on to that. Him we preach. And it was Christ, right? The one that's in you. Him, He's the one we preach, warning every man and teaching every man. So you see the preaching and the teaching going on here. Every man in all wisdom that we may, that we may I love this, that we may present every man perfect or complete in Christ Jesus. Perfect mature, complete, that's what that means. To this end, I also labor, striving according to His working, which works in me mightily, all right? So we're, if you kind of back up here again, he's talking about, you know, that this is now coming into a place of revelation or coming into a place where the cover's pulled back to where you can see it is based on some teaching and some preaching about them, these, you know, those preaching it, of course, in context, talking about Paul, okay, whether it's Silas or Timothy, whoever's with him, he says the we, we may present uh, every man perfect. In other words, what we're doing is teaching and preaching about this hidden mystery, this truth, so it can be revealed to you, amen, as a believer, praise God, of what you have working on the inside of you. And the more it's revealed, the more it comes into fruition, the more it comes out, amen, where there's a complete work. The hope, the expectation of that glory, of that manifestation where we become more Christ-like, amen, because Him in us, Christ, the anointed one, and His anointing in us is there to remove the burdens, destroy the yokes of bondage, bring us into a place of being Christ-like, praise God, in all areas of our life. It's in there to work things. Amen. Not just so one day you can say, I get to go to heaven, although that's a wonderful thing. But this is about working something in you on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, the way this becomes known is through teaching, through preaching. So it's encouraging you. Amen. This hidden revelation 
we're seeing, now it's probably not the only way, but we're obviously seeing in this text that the way it's becoming revealed is through teaching and preaching. So you have to be somebody that purposes to be around solid teaching that'll teach these kind of things, not some watered-down mess that's going to you know, just kind of play patty cake with, uh, with you a little bit, and, and in the meantime, the enemy continues to, uh, you know, to ransack your life. We're talking about having a revelation of who you are and who he is on the inside of you and what that's all about and what you're called to do and what you're called to be and where you're headed, praise God, and what you can fulfill and what you can manif- or, or see manifested in your life, praise God, if you will just grab hold of it, praise God. So we're seeing here that the importance of teaching and preaching. In fact, if you go into chapter 2, you kind of drop down here a little bit, and it brings out here, uh, verse 6 is, And you therefore, having received Christ Jesus the Lord, it says, so walk in Him. In other words, it isn't just about, okay, we got you saved, and that's great now. He said, now you got a purpose to walk in Him, okay? And that literally means to follow as a companion. So we're talking about all this. He's talking about, okay, there's a job to do here. It says, then rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. In other words, your your assurance and your faith and your confidence and your reliance upon God established in the faith as you have, here we go, been taught. All right, as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Now get this, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. In other words, see, you could allow somebody else to feed something into you, to teach you something, to somehow or another speak things into you that aren't right, according to things of the world and not according to Christ. So in other words, you've got to have the right people feeding into you. Then it goes on, for in Him, in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, which means, uh, you know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, all in one, right? Okay, so in fact, sometimes it would be, we would refer to that as the Trinity, okay? But it's, it's really the word Godhead, uh, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, look, get this, and you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. I love that. So again, it's talking about, amen, as you are receiving right teaching and preaching, praise God, amen, that that's how you become complete. That's the hope of glory. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory, of you being Christ-like, you coming into who you are in Christ. Amen. Seeing all of this, all the all the the old and the junk falling off, all the new, praise God. It always talks about, you know, to, uh, put off the old man, put on the new man. Well, how does that happen? Well, it comes, a big part of that comes from continually hearing right teaching, right instruction, praise God. And so I'm just going to say this to you, child of God. And I know I've got a lot of people listening in. We got, I don't know what, what it is now. You know, there's like a couple hundred thousand people that, that, are, that are listening by podcast. And we got maybe, uh, you know, several, uh, you know, tens of thousands maybe just watching by video, okay? I'm not sure what the numbers are now, but the bottom line is this, okay? I'm here instructing people that I know are all over the place, all over the world, Okay. Though you're listening or you're watching, whatever it is, you may be clear across the, uh, you know, on the other side of the planet, okay, listening and watching, okay? Now, I just encourage you that wherever you're at, okay, I'm encouraging you, find 
a house of God. Find a place of worship where you got a pastor that can teach you the Word of God and, and, and unashamed of the gospel, preaching the truth, amen, that causes you to grow up in who you are, that you might become complete in Him. That be, this, this revelation begins, uh, you know, begins to unfold for you. This hidden mystery becomes un, gets unfolded before you of who you are. Amen. Not only you in Him, but Him in you. Amen. The anointed one and His anointing on the inside of you. Amen. Which is that expectation, that hope of glory. So that the more that comes alive in you, the more it begins to manifest in your life that you come into who you are called to be. Praise God. And so, child of God, I'm just taking that moment. That's just another way for the hidden things to become revealed, to come into a place of where you could grasp it and see it and hold it. Amen. And, and one of those things is you've got to be in a place that's teaching right things. Now, as I read there in, second, uh, or in the second chapter of Colossians there, I mean, it's real easy to be deceived. It's easy. There's a lot of stuff out there that'll try to, what's he say, uh, try to cheat you through just philosophies, okay? Not teaching, to, they're just philosophies, things that are being said that, uh, you know, it sounds kind of good, whatever, but, but it may not be doing anything for you. It may not be adding to your life or causing you to walk in who you are. Uh, it talks about empty deceit according to the traditions of men. A lot of traditions out there that's just, that people just, for some reason, they just feel they have to, uh, you know, speak that. But we're not talking about just grabbing hold of, of the traditions of men. And, and there's a lot of traditions that are good traditions. We're not trying to say every tradition's a bad thing. We're just saying that sometimes, you know, you need more than just to, to, you know, be around and follow through with traditions, okay? It could be, praise God, you need a little bit more meat on your plate, praise God, to get you to become who you're called to be, praise God. It also talks about according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. See, there's a lot of basic principles out there in the world. And if you don't watch it, people, that's all they're talking and all they're preaching. you got to get the basic principles of the Word of God, talking about who you are in Christ, amen, and who Christ in you, amen, the hope of glory, praise God. I mean, getting this working in you, getting this flowing in you, praise God, and it takes some good, solid preaching and teaching of the Word of God. So again, child of God, I'm encouraging you with this piece of it here. I'm encouraging you that the importance of being in a place of worship, in a house of God with a local pastor that a minister the Word of God, uncompromised, praise God, standing and preaching from this book, the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E, praise God, amen, and not just a bunch of uh, you know stuff out there, but instead standing on the Word, speaking the Word, encouraging you to be all that you can be and do all that you can do, praise God. And so again, just another one of those hidden mysteries Amen. And how it's revealed. This one, of course, by the uh, just good teaching and preaching. The other one we talked about is just time spent with God. And of course, uh, next week we'll probably talk about some more. So I hope you got something, child of God. Father, I give you praise and glory for those that were listening and watching today. I just give thanks and, and honor right now for uh, uh, that they had an ear to hear, a heart to receive, that you opened the eyes of their understanding, that, Lord, these things are becoming more and more clear to them. Praise God. Uh, revelation of, of these principles, these truths, these mysteries, these hidden things. Praise God. And I give you the praise 
and the glory for it, Lord God. I call them uh, higher. I'm, 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 Lord, I thank you that, Lord, they're being empowered. Hallelujah. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.